Welcome to the Jill's Fancast. The waiting is almost over as the new League One campaign is now just days away. In the next hour or so we'll be looking ahead to the upcoming season and looking at just what we can possibly expect from Steve Evans' new look Jill's team. Joining me as ever is James Hawkins. Um, yeah, how are you? I'm alright mate. Good. Well, I'm Good. Okay. Looking forward to uh, it all getting underway again? Well. We're going to be selling it up in Barcelona. Oh, so. yeah. Well, we're, we're missing the first game. Which is a... <laughs> but, yeah, the excitement of the football season um, is pretty much like, like no other feeling, isn't it? And certainly without a summer of a World, of a World Cup, um, like, like we had last year, our emotions going up and down. Yeah. Um, we've had it pretty, pretty plain and simple this summer. Um, so I think every Jules fan is... It's certainly of hope and expectation of what what this season is going to bring because we we don't know what the Gillingham side are, are going to deliver this season. Um, where last year it was just kind of going into the season of please just can we be in League One? Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to be a lot different this year. Yeah, certainly. I I can't recall a summer building up to a. A season where there's been as much intrigue around the place as what there is this year. Sort of, we've taken a real step into the unknown this summer, I think. And it is going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm excited to see how it plays out. Hopefully, it plays out how I think and how I hope it will. Um, but we'll soon find out. We will soon find out. Um, we have got quite a bit to cover. Um, because we've it's been a couple of week couple of weeks since we last got together for a podcast. Um, so we'll start off with the playing squad. Um, obviously, we have had a couple more additions on the playing side of things since we last spoke. Um, we'll go through those individually first of all. Um, one that we we expected after seeing him on trial um, <coughs> for for a couple of games at first, and then it sort of it came out that a decision would be made, and he remained around the place. And that's Michael Mandron. Um, we see him first at, at Dartford and, and wasn't too sure. Um, but then Evans obviously saw something because he kept him on, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and he played in a couple of the more high-profile high friendlies. And last week it was announced that he'd signed a contract. Um, yeah, what 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 are your thoughts on the signing of Mandarin? Do you think it's a good one? Do you think it's a useful player to have in the squad even if he's not a starter or um, do you see him playing quite a big role yeah I wasn't too I wasn't too impressed against Dartford um, of, of what I saw of him but I saw him on Friday night against Southend and he was very very good very good held up the ball nice and strong um, I, I actually think he's going to be our, mo- our main focal point after what the comments of Rayner and Evans were saying in the week that I think Rayner said it I think it was this morning he might have said it on Kent Online that um, he needs to start getting scoring more goals and getting in the box and being a little bit more selfish um, and, and they reckon they can get 
they can get bundles of goals out of him. Um, so that that says to me that one of two things that they obviously believe in in him to score goals, and two, I think whoever they've bid it for might have might have gone down the drain a little bit. Mm. Um, I think he's going to be a useful signing. Like I said, I wasn't I wasn't too sure on him, but um, if he shows what he did against Southend this season, then I, I think he'll I think he'll do very well for us. Yeah, it, it gives us obviously with Eves going, <coughs> he sort of gives us that, a player in that type of mould again, where we we've got someone a bit a bit bigger with a bit more physicality. Because obviously up until then it, we only had Hanlon, List, and and Jolie. And yeah. don't get me wrong, Hanlon Hanlon's come on a lot physicality-wise, sort of since the last third of last season but he's still not he's not the biggest um, whereas yeah like you I thought against Southend last Friday I thought, I thought Mandram was comfortably our best player and I don't recall him losing a header no I think he won everything and the goal I thought it was a super finish yeah really good header um, so yeah we obviously he's he comes in only scoring two goals last season for Colchester. But it's hard because we didn't watch Colchester every week last season. No. So we don't know if they played to his strengths or whether they simply just used him as a as a bounce board. They stuck the ball up to him <coughs> and played off him. It's, yeah. it's hard to tell. We don't know. Until we see him play more for us, he might be a really good finisher for all we know. Just he hasn't had the chances. So you'd like to think that with, with Marshall and Jolie some of the midfielders we've got, I think they might be better service into the forward players than last yeah. year, so he might have chances to score yeah. goals. So, yeah. after seeing him at Dartford and thinking, I really hope we get rid of him, <laughs> I've sort of, I'm starting to see a little bit more logic behind the signing now, and even if he, he didn't start every week, to have someone that option if we're chasing a game to come on, knowing that he can lump the ball long, yeah. and nine times out of ten he's going to win the first ball, yeah. give you something to play off, it's probably quite a good asset to have. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, well, I mean, all the signings that we've made in the last few days are in forward areas. Um, so on the same day as Mandron, we also confirmed the signing of experienced winger Mark Marshall. Um, yeah, I was really happy about this one, yeah. to be honest. So am I. So am I. Um, me and you have seen him for years, haven't we? And we know what he can do. He's always I'm been sure a, a, I'm sure a, a menace. I'm sure Barry Fuller us. knows what he can do as yeah. well. Um, yeah. Both footed can comfortably play either side. Um, yeah, can beat any fullback at this level for fun. Very good in the final third. His delivery is excellent. Um, and works and works even harder as well. And at the age he's at, he's he, he's probably yeah he's probably coming towards towards the end of his career. Um, but I'm sure he he has that drive and energy to to potentially go and get one last promotion. Um, and he's done it. He's, da- he's, da- he's done it. He's, well, he's got out of this division twice, isn't he? Yeah, I see the other day that I think, Charlton and... I think his last four seasons in League One, he's finished in the playoffs. There you go. He, he played, I think he played 30 games for Charlton last season. He obviously so, ended up winning the playoffs. So clearly, he, he knows, he's got something. That's what I mean. He knows this division. It's another experienced head around the young boys that know, know what it takes to... To, to be in and around it, um, I think it's I think it's probably one of our best signings of the summer, without a shadow of a doubt. 
yeah, yeah, I remember Marshall, like you say, from, from his days playing for Barnet, um, when Fuller was with us first time round, and he always used to give Barry a, a tough time, because yeah. um, he, he would always play on the left um, back then. Um, I think he played on the right against Southend the other day for for large parts, but I get that impression that he's he's equally as comfortable on both sides, and it's yeah. it's something that I think a player we've lacked for a couple of years now. It's that wide player with raw pace <coughs> and willingness to be direct and go yeah. past someone. Yeah, well, I yeah. don't think we've had that for a couple of years, and like what Evans has said, he wants from his team. That's the type of player that gets fans off their seat. Someone mm-hmm. that every time he gets the ball goes, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to try and create an opportunity and that's what he's going to do that's what he's done all his career um, played for Bradford as well didn't he a couple yep. of years ago and I believe he won their player of the year he did um, yeah. so that, it says all you need to know about him and I, th- I think he's a a really good addition um, but one, one that I wonder why it took so long to happen because I don't know if that's the one that Evans he referred so. to someone that he wanted a player early in the window yeah. and then couldn't get them yeah. and then have come back for them. So I don't know if that was Marshall he was on about. I don't know. Um, but no, I'm, I'm I'm really glad we've got him. And Again, even a bit like Mandarin. That I th- I listen, I think Mark Marshall will start a lot of games for us. But even if he doesn't, what, yeah. what an option to have on the bench. Yeah, someone that you know that against tired legs with half an hour to go, his pace will kill absolutely any defender at this yeah. level. Yeah. So you've got someone on that can come on and change a game for you if you need to. Yep. And that's something, another Love thing that have last year. I think the squad yeah. needed. It, need, yeah. it needed options off the bench that if a game's going wrong or we need a goal, Evans can turn over his shoulder and think, I've got two, two or three players here that can come on and make a difference, yeah. where yeah. we haven't had that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that looks like, on the face of it, another, another really positive addition. Um, the other one to mention is, I'm going to try and pronounce it as best I can, Alex, I can pronounce that bit easy enough. Yakubiak, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna say is his surname. Um, another forward player who's joined on loan from Watford for the season. Um, got to be honest, I know absolutely nothing about him. Um, played on loan at Bristol Rovers last season, scored a couple of goals, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's a centre forward. I don't know if he's a winger naturally. He played through the middle against Southend on Friday. He didn't do an awful lot, no, but I don't didn't. know if that's because he's not featured much for anyone in pre-season. I think that's probably I, I don't what, know. what I think is his first game yeah. for anyone this pre-season. So it might be just rustiness. Um, and I don't know if this is maybe a signing because like you say, maybe the bid we've tried has fallen through. So Evans has thought, yeah. I need another forward body in. He's available, so he's gone and got him. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. This one I can't see being a starter too often, to no. be honest. No, nor can I. Um, he showed a couple of nice glimpses Friday, but overall you could tell we weren't anywhere near sharp. Um, we have to, like like we both said, we don't know anything much about him. Bristol Rovers fans seem to like him. They seem to think he was all right. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, like it's well, I, I, and I think Bristol Rovers were after getting him back, so it's another one of the teams a bit like Chap Bonham that we've beaten off other League One sides to. To yeah. sign them, um, so Evans must see something in him. Yeah, and and to be honest, how can you not trust a man that's gone and got multiple promotions out of his division? No, yeah, yeah. There's not <laughs> much we can sign him because we don't, we don't. We, well, I don't think I've ever seen him play before up yeah. until up until Friday. But like you say, we'll, on paper anyway, Evans' signings this summer have looked pretty decent. Yeah. So all we can do is 
it's trust his judgment on it and and wait and see when the season comes around how he how he starts performing when he pulls that jill shirt on in a competitive game but um they're the three additions we've had um there's been rumors of a couple more in in recent days i know evans has said he definitely wants one more doesn't he don't know what position possibly a fullback but what remains to be seen but yeah uh, that's the rumour that's come about today. Is that well? It's not rumour. It seems fact, doesn't it? it is Jarvis, fact. Jarvis is training with us now. It is fact. Yeah. Um, Quite interesting, though, considering that Evan said earlier in the summer that he did want him. Yeah. But yeah, whether, whether we actually sign him or not remains to be seen. But it may be just being given a chance to prove some form of fitness. And if he can, maybe you will take a punt on him. Good idea. Do you reckon? We've had this conversation before, isn't it? And it yeah. If Matt Jarvis is fit, then you have to sign him. Yeah. yeah. If he's not, then it's just a waste of a squad place. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a tricky one. Yeah. Listen, there is no Jules fan out there that that dislikes Matt Jarvis. You know, he was brilliant for his first time round, and ability-wise, he's still an excellent footballer for League One level. But. Evans wants play. He said, he said this himself. He wants players that he can rely on that will go and play 40 games for us this yeah, season. Yeah. And I'm just not sure whether he'd get that out of Matt. But he's training with us, so Evans is obviously thinking about it at the yeah. very, very least, even yeah. if he doesn't go ahead of it in the end. So I don't know. People are saying he probably wouldn't be on much wages. I can see that side. He maybe he would be a fairly cheap signing. Um, but it's one it's one of them ones that if Evans decides not to sign him, I would have no complaints. But if he did sign in, I wouldn't go a bloody away doing that for. Yeah, yeah. It's one of them that I either way, I think I can rest easy with the decision because I don't think Evans will sign him unless he's completely confident that he's gonna get enough games out of him. Um so but be another excellent attacking option if he did sign to have. Oh yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? Um but yeah, I'm I'm not too sure what I can see happening with that one. No. Um, it's a shame that if he was going to start training with us, why it wasn't a little bit earlier in the summer, so he could have played a couple of pre-season yeah. games. Um, yeah. That might have made a little bit more sense, but I don't know. But you don't know who Evans was after then. Maybe Evans was going after targets that he's since have found out he can't get, so now he's got to look at other options, and, and Jarvis maybe Jarvis's face all of a sudden fits. Yeah. We don't know. Um, but I know you wouldn't be too disappointed at all if he did come back I'd love him I'd love him back I'd love him back but I can understand the reasons why if he if he weren't to um, the problem is I don't want him to ruin his reputation no it's a signing I want if, if, he, if he was to be signed I want it to be a signing that's made on ability and fitness rather yeah, than exactly. sentiment exactly you look at Billy Bing last year someone made a very good point on social media earlier that I was reading that if we was being linked with any 33-year-old with no connection to the club that played 10 games in three years, we'd be stomping our feet up and down saying, why are we signing Crooks again? Yeah. So, And we do have to apply the same theory to Jarvis. That, you know, just because he played for us before, it doesn't make him a sort of an exception. Um, so, yeah, I, I ha- if we are to sign him, I hope it's only because he's he's proven himself to be to be fit enough to actually offer us something that we haven't got. Because if he isn't, and he's going to sit on the treatment table all the time, yeah, then it's a waste of everyone's time. Yeah. Um, the other name that 
was banded around last week was that, well, another, well you see him, Nile Ranger was around. Uh, I don't know why. Um, there's been no sort of talk that he's actually been training with us, but I heard from someone else as well as you that he was around Freezefield to, uh, Tuesday, no, Thursday last week. Yeah, I saw him. Um, I saw him. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't know. He was what, outside. Don't know what that was all about because no. I've not heard any more about it. He since. looked like he was about to go in. Um, so I don't know, nothing more that we can hint at on that apart from he was at Priestfield last Thursday. Um, obviously, he, well, no one saw him at South for the South End game Friday, so no. I, I, I don't know what that was all about. But <laughs> we'll see. You never know; something might come of it eventually. Remains to be seen. Um, but on the flip side of the additions, we have had a couple of players leave in the last week or so. Um, first of all, Dean Parrott yeah. went back to Stevenage. Um, we we spoke about Dean uh, on the last podcast, I think, and obviously it was clear then that he wasn't really in Evans' plans. Um, I think that's a move we hinted at that we could see coming. A return to Stephen. It's sensible. I think that's a good move for all parties, I isn't think it? So. Really? I think so. Dean needs to be playing football. He's liked there. He was when successful he was, there. Again, it goes back to when he was fit. But at times, he was a wonderful footballer for us. But he just wasn't fit enough. He wasn't fit enough, and he isn't going to. He isn't, and he wasn't going to get in. Going to get an arm midfield. No. Um, and rather than just sitting around the place like Josh Reese is. Um, He's, he's fair play to him. He's gone on, gone on, got himself a club, gone back to where he's loved, and gone and played football again. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not a bad move for him. Steve I don't know why Josh Reese is sitting. Uh, Evan said in the article last week that Reese has had two clubs that want him and happy to offer him football, and he doesn't want to go. I don't understand it. Why would you want? Why would you want to sit at a league club that don't want you? Yeah, it's a bit strange. Yeah, cause it can't be much fun training and playing with kids all the time. Yeah, I don't, surely. I, don't, I don't get what he's trying to achieve. Right. Surely you'd see that as an opportunity to go in a present on league and get yourself back into the football league. Yeah. I don't understand what he's doing. Yeah, it's a strange one. Um, and then we had one more departure last last week. Last week. Yeah. Um, Callum Riley moved on. Mm-hmm. Um, mutually agreed to terminate his contract and he very quickly signed for AFC Gillingham. I mean, <laughs> Wimbledon, sorry. Um <laughs> I've got to be honest. I'm surprised. This is the first decision Evans has made so far that I'm a little bit uneasy with. Yeah. Um, I know he wasn't great last season and he wasn't a regular in the team at all times, but I liked Callum. I thought he was a good player. And I thought that from the friendlies I'd seen, he looked like he was having a good pre-season. It looked like he'd worked his way back into favour. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, Yeah, he was. So, off the back of that, obviously, with Reese and Parrot, we knew that Evans wanted rid of them and they weren't even involved. The fact that Riley was involved so much sort of said to me, oh, maybe Evans has had another look and decided, you know what? Yeah, I can see something. So that bit shocked me then when I just suddenly had gone. Um, yeah, but yeah, Evans I've... obviously thinks that he's looked at his squad and realised that Callum's going to be right at the bottom of the pecking order. And has gone and been honest with him and told him. Mm. Um, and Callum being Callum, probably thinks, you know, what at my age I need to be going and play football. Which, fair enough. Yeah, I mean... But we're... I, yeah, I agree. I, he's experienced, isn't he? He's an experienced player on and off the pitch. And I would have had 
someone like Riley round the chain, even round the changing room, just just to kind of help the younger lads. But yeah, I, I like you, like I agree with you. I I kind of disagree with it, but Evans has obviously got his reasons. Yeah. On why on why he's done it, and Callum doesn't want to sit sit around and be a bit part player. Yeah. I mean, Wimbledon's not a bad move for us. It's the same league, so he's not dropping down the division at all. Um, Interesting. He stayed south. Yeah. Because um, I know a few a few friends of ours were speaking to Callum at Player of the Year last year, and he found it tough to convince his wife to move down south in the first place. Yeah. So to, so to stay down south was was quite interesting, but no, good luck to him. You know, he was good club Wimbledon as well. So. He, um, never caused any issues, did he? While at Jules, Callum Riley, he was no, fantastic in his boat in his his spell. Up in the air. That's how he scored. <laughs> you know, and that's obviously we had him on loan. He was really, really good. And in that summer, it dragged on a long time before he eventually signed on, on the permanent. Oh, yeah, he was he? one of our big targets that summer, wasn't he? And like there was a lot of it. Like everyone was really excited when we got him back. And unfortunately, yeah. last season it, it just there was there was moments, but it just didn't really quite ignite, did it? His season no. last season. But I thought that from what I was seeing of him in pre-season, he looked a lot sharper, and yeah, I thought we might have got that from him this season because what I liked about Callum as well he gave you a bit of balance in midfield because he was left footed yeah exactly um, whereas I'm not sure if we've got that now with the central options we've got I think they're all right footed uh, players Cissé lefty Cissé lefty ok so we might still have that available then um, but no good luck to both Callum Riley and Dean Parrott um, both decent enough professionals in their time at Jills and anyone like that you're, you're more than happy to wish all the best for their careers and and they're both good pros, and they'll both yeah. both be successful at Stevenage and and Wimbledon respectively. I'm sure of that. Um, so yeah, we'll ask a question I ask you on the squad, James. Are are you happy with it, or um, do you think we're still short in any particular areas? Yeah, we're short of a striker. More? You still want another striker? Yeah, we are. It just worries me that our our uh, our attacking force are going to score enough goals this year. Um, because whether people like it or not, that the attacking options that we've got are good. Yeah. They're exciting. They're fresh. But the stats don't lie. They've scored less goals between them than Tom Eves got last year. Mm. And replacing Tom Eves is a yeah. I know it's a big ask, and 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 getting goal scorers costs money. But if you want to be ambitious. And you want to get to the next level, you've got to sometimes splash the cash. Yeah, maybe we don't have it, but um, we are we are where we are, and we are short. We are short of a goal scorer. It does remain to be seen if the boys that are currently there are going to step up. Hanlon showed signs of it. Um, and Jolius shown signs of it in pre-season, um, but yeah, I, I don't know if Evans thinks that he he thinks he's got enough, and he he believes that the strikers that he's got there are going to be good enough. Then we'll just have to wait and see how it yeah, goes. Yeah, I out. mean, generally. I do agree that I, in an ideal world, I would like to see another striker come in. Um, because, like you say, the 
Well, none, none of the forwards we've got have scored 15 goals in a season or, or whatever and things like that. But the only sort of, to play devil's advocate thing I would say is that back in 2012-13, we won a title and I think our top scorer barely got into double figures. So, is Evans maybe looking at it instead thinking, I think this team can share goals around? Mm. Where he might think, Hannon could get 10 and Jody could get 10. List could get six or seven. Mandarin could get six or seven. Yeah. Maybe Willett can get a few. Yeah. Aimer can get a few. And maybe he thinks he can, the signings he's made, he can replace Eves's goals. I'm Not just one for a while through one player, but throughout six or seven players. I don't know maybe. if that's how he sees it. Maybe. Um, because it helps, don't get me wrong, having a 20 goal a season striker in your team, but it isn't always. Completely essential, you no. know. We've had Tom Eve score twenty goals for the last two seasons, and we've been there fighting down the bottom of League One for most of the season. Fair so, point. having a twenty goal a season striker doesn't guarantee you're going to be at the top, and not having one no. doesn't guarantee you're going to be at the bottom. No, no. Um, it it will like, but it does put more pressure on the rest of the team if we yeah. don't have a proven striker. But at this stage of the season, with days to go. To go and bring in a 20 goal a season striker is going to cost you a lot of money and be incredibly difficult to do. So, yep. I wouldn't mind us looking towards a loan option. I could give you a couple of names. I spoke to you and Owen Friday and I said Sam Surridge from Bournemouth played yep. on loan at Oldham last season and scored quite a lot of goals. Still um, go with Tyler Walker. He's signing for Coventry tomorrow, apparently. Is he really? Yeah. Um, uh, Tyrese Campbell from Stoke played on the yeah. Shrewsbury last season and did really, really well there. How many goals did he get there? Um, he got quite a few. I know he scored against us, didn't he? Because apparently yeah. Stoke are about to try and sign Dwight Gale and if they bring him in, they're going to let Campbell go out on loan. I think someone like that I would I would be happy to see. So yeah. I think there are still options available from sort of Premier League Championship clubs yeah. with youngsters that have played at our level. Mm-hmm. Um and could probably come in and, and add something to us. So maybe Evans is exploring that. Don't get me wrong, the loan market stays open for a little while yet, I think. Um, whereas the Premier League... How many loans have we got now, though? We've got... Jones. So we've got Jones, we've got Njoli, we've got Yakubiak, we've got three. Is that it? I think you can have as many as you want, but you can only have four in a squad on a match day. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so no, yeah, like I said, the Premier League... Transfer window and loan window shuts the day before the season starts, so that's next week. But they've changed it for the EFL now that it goes on till the end of August. So he might just think, I'll give it the first four or five games and assess where we are. And if I need another striker, I'll go and headhunt the Premier League Championship clubs and bring one in on loan. I don't yep. know. Um, which maybe isn't the worst option in the world. Maybe he's no. going to say, Look, Hanlon, Mandron, I'm going to give you a go. We'll see how you get on if we're struggling. I'll go and look for some help. Yeah. And maybe I'll keep a bit of the budget back for that. Um, which is possibly sensible. But is it just a striker you think, or do you think we possibly uh, need anything else? Yeah, I think we've got potentially a potentially a left back. Potentially. I don't think it's essential. If we go and get, if we don't go and get enough left back, but potentially a left back, um, potentially a winger on the left side, but again, not essential. 
Yeah, because it's because it seems like some people are still saying another goalkeeper. I think Evans is content with what no, he's got. He's already and said to Joe Walsh is going to be Walsh number two. is going to be number two. Yeah. And I've I've got no issue with that whatsoever. To but be wingers wise, we've got Marshall, Marshall and, and Jolie. List. Charles Cook can play there. So. Well, the interesting thing is that there's been times this pre-season where. Like he's sort of, he's gone flatter, hasn't he? And he's put yeah. people like burnout wide. Yeah. So we still don't really know what exactly Evans is going is to do come Doncaster. With it looks with like for pre-season that we're playing either a flat four-four-two, or we're playing a four-two-three-one. Yeah, and it's one of those two that he's going with. Yeah. So be interesting to see. Um, <clears throat> let's gloss over pre-season as, as, as a whole. So obviously, I've seen us play Faversham, Dartford, Cholton. South End, and you've seen Faversham, Dartford, and South End, haven't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. From what you've seen, how have you found pre-season? Think, think there's it's given you signs of optimism from what you've seen from sort of the glimpses of the new players and and, and how we're looking be- about I, playing. Well, I missed the best game of pre-season, didn't I? In the Charlton one, and you and you said that, that was, was probably the best best performance. We was excellent against Charlton. Yeah. We yeah. really was. Um, what I do see is hungry footballers. Yes. Um, young, fresh, exciting. Um, we'll make mistakes. We'll frustrate. But are willing to try things. Are willing to take risks. Are willing to have the ball. Um, are willing to throw their body in the way. Are willing to go and nail someone in the first five minutes of a, of a game. And that's what we didn't have last year. It was... Very boring and tedious football last year. Yeah, great. The away performances were, at times, under level, brilliant and will live long in the memory. Um, but I was speaking to the CEO <coughs> at the open training session the other day, um, and he was saying that really, what is going to help the club bring in more fans? is the current fans seeing exciting football on the pitch. And I'm sure what Steve Evans will give you is an exciting team. Um, and that's what I've seen this pre-season. I've seen a young, fresh, exciting football team. And God knows, I've put yeah, I've, I've put Jill's top six in my bet for the season, which might be a bit of a risk. <laughs> but you look at Doncaster last year, you look at Luton last year. If you start well, you give yourself a bit of momentum, don't you? And you just try and carry it on. Getting out of this league is not impossible anymore. It's not. Um, you show a little bit of ambition, a little bit of fight, and willing to run that extra yard, um, you give yourself half a chance. So, you, you, we, we don't know. It's, it's different because... Under under Allen when he was signing all the players, you, you looked at it and gone. Yeah, we don't get promoted under that squad. That's like it's a big failure. You then go to Justin's squad, um, and again, that squad that year, the likes of Egan and Dak, you looked at it and gone. Well, you know we're going to have a good season because they're good footballers. This year. It's a sense of the unknown, isn't it? 
it's yeah. really exciting. Yeah, I think what Evans has been clever with is he brought in a lot of players that probably feel like they've got something to prove. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, yeah. And that's always a good thing to have in a player because it means that they're gonna they're really gonna give it their all for you, uh, as they ultimately try and p- progress in their careers. Um, I mean, yeah, I've I've been happy with pre-season. Um, first and foremost, no serious injuries. Well, that's always the first thing you want to look for when you're judging pre-season. Has anyone got hurt? No. We're all right. Willock seemed like he was sounded like he was quite badly ill for a week, but that can happen to anyone at any, any given time. And he was fine, and he was fine against Southend the other day. So, so that's all good. Um, but yes, we providing it translates into league games. It looks like we are going to be a more exciting team to watch. Um, obviously, you wasn't at the Charlton game, but James Clear and I were, were sitting there waxing lyrical about some of the football we was playing at times. You know, it was, it was, well. For the first time in over a year at Priestfield that I've seen us play through the thirds with midfielders wanting the ball. Midfielders not going to mark opposition defenders when we're in position, but opposition players having to try and hunt down our midfielders because they're trying to find space. And, and the likes of O'Keefe, Cissé and Willock are really, really good at that. They All three of them always want the ball. And especially at home, that's what we want to see. Because we want to play on the front foot and we want to be exciting because the home record in the last two seasons has been very under par yeah. and the football at times has been incredibly boring to watch and hopefully with the likes of Willock, Cissé, Charles Cook playing in midfield, Marshall and Jolie on the wing are going to be direct and pacey, it is just going to freshen the place up and we are going to be a lot more exciting to watch and against Charlton as well it was it was one touch pass and move football, it wasn't, it wasn't slow and pedestrian and it didn't give Charlton players time to get behind the ball was playing quicker than they could get back into shape and that's what we need to be at home because otherwise if because at, at league one level i do think it's easy to defend if you sit 11 men behind the ball yeah you know unless you're you got players like a portsmouth or a sunderland if you sit 11 men behind the ball it is generally hard for teams to break you down um so that's why you need to play, especially at home you need to play with pace you need to play because at league one level most teams take any away point they can get as a good point. Well, so yeah. a lot of teams do go away with the attitude of we'll set up to play defensive football and if we can nick a 1-0 we'll take it. If not, we'll try and take a point and be done with. Mm-hmm. So yep. you have to try and and be inventive and be creative and like you say, take risks. And he's, Evans is a demanding manager but I think he's, he's also happy for, for the players to sort of use their initiative and try and take risks to try and get us goals. Yeah. And that's what it's going to need to take for us for us to improve on the home form. And if if we can improve on the home form, we've got every chance. We've got every chance because we've got pacey players that away from home will cause teams problems. Yeah, that's for sure. <clears throat> and I'm confident that we can match the away form that we have in the last couple of years, where it has been good. Um, you know, I think our away form's probably been top ten mm-hmm. um, for the last couple of years. And if you can match that at home. It'll probably average out as as you're going to be there or thereabouts well, yeah, in the exactly. top six come the end of the season. Um, so that's what we have to hope for. Um, but yeah, let let's look ahead to the important stuff. Um, my first question for you, James, is before I ask for sort of what you're predicting, what's the minimum expectation this season? Top ten. 
top ten. Top I would go along with 10. that. After twelfth last season, twelfth was it twelfth or thirteenth? Thirteenth, a thirteenth position, which I think flattered us a little bit. Yeah. I think with the change in management and, and the players that we've 10. come in, we have to be looking to get yeah, well into be. that top half now. Got, to, we? got to be um, minimum. Minimum. Yeah, you know, it'd be stupid for us to sit here and say we've got to be promoted. That's no, no. Not to say it's not realistic because it's not impossible, but you know there are teams with bigger budgets, and on paper, better squads than us. Um, so it would take a monumental effort and probably a bit of luck along the way for us to get into the top six. But it's not impossible. But we what we want to see is positive steps in a forward direction from where we were last season. Oh, yeah, exactly. Such as better football. Much improved home yeah, form, yeah. more home wins, and ultimately more points well, is, yeah. is what we want to see. I don't think that's too much to ask from what we've got Not at all. resources-wise at the moment. Not at all. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's move into the prediction side of things. Um, I put a tweet out the other day asking for people's predictions of where we'll finish, who our top scorer will be, and who you think our most important player will be. Um, before I read some out, what's yours? Well, I said, I said sick. <laughs> um, top scorer I think I said Mandarin okay um, just the simple fact is just that yeah after seeing him Friday night um, I think he, he could be he could be an important player for us he could be a really important player for us and he has all the right attributes um, important player I said O'Keefe I think it'll be vital to us doing well because um, he doesn't take any rubbish, does he? No, he's a proper holding midfielder. Yeah. yeah we, we haven't had one of them in a while, yet. have we? No. We haven't had one of them in a no, while. You know, Bing- Bingham did a good, good job, but he wasn't the type that was going to... Most importantly, he'll, he'll let he'll let Cissé and Willock play. Yeah. yeah. Um, he'll, he'll, he'll happily do all the dirty stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think it'll be really, really vital for us. See, I've gone the same with... O'Keefe was our most important player. Um, Purely because I look at it last season and we conceded a lot of goals that a lot of us put down to lack of protection from midfield. And mm-hmm. O'Keefe should give us that now. He should give us that little bit more steel and bite in midfield. So that's why I've gone with him there. I've been a little bit more pessimistic than you. I've gone eighth <laughs> for my prediction. Um, and I've gone with Handlam for top goal scorer. Um, any any reason why? That, huh? Any reason why? Handlam? I think he's looked pretty good in pre-season. He's got a couple of goals behind him and he finished last season really, really well. And if he can carry on that momentum, he'll definitely keep himself in the team. Um, and I'm, I'm sure in this in, in this side we're going to have this season, he will score goals. Um, so let's have a look through at what other people have gone with. Uh, Keith Fry has gone with 12th position with Hanlon top scorer. An interesting one, Alfie Jones as most important player. Interesting. Um, which is a sort of a topic we'll probably come on to in a little bit. Um, ben Horn has gone seventh, just outside the playoffs. He's gone Elliot List, stroke, Brandon Hanlon, top scorer. Um, and again, O'Keefe, most important player. Uh, um, we've got Matt Phipps has gone 11th, and he's gone List, so he's predicting that this is his year if he gets a good run in the team. Um, and O'Keefe again. Uh, Jake Griffiths has got an interesting one. He's gone sixth, like you. Plenty of optimism for the playoffs. Um, he's gone Hanlon, top goal scorer. Most important player, he's gone Jack Bonham. Interesting. Which is, which is an interesting one. Um, can I see why? 
possibly because a lot of people thought an awful lot of Thomas Holy and obviously he's gone so his replacement is going to have to be adequate Yeah. Um, and a lot of people do say that a, a strong goalkeeper can save you up to 10-12 points a season yeah. so I, I, can see, I can see that I mean I'm happy with Bonham he's had a couple of moments that in a league game would put me on edge yeah. I've got to be honest um, but no, he looks like he's a very good shot stopper, and generally he looks pretty assured. Yeah. Um, so I'm quite happy with him. Um, Anthony Pillen's gone 12, so slap bang in the middle of the table, with Hanlon for both top scorer and most important player. Um, che Wilson has gone 16th, which is the lowest one we've had so far. Interesting that he thinks we'll get worse from last season. Wow. Um, he's gone Hanlon top scorer and Burn most important player. Um, Lewis Hart, ninth, with Hanlon top scorer and O'Keefe or Cissé for most important player. Ben Thompson has gone tenth, Hanlon again, and then either Cissé or Njoli, most important player. One we haven't had yet. Um, Lee Clifton has gone tenth, with Hanlon for top scorer and O'Keefe for most important player. A lot of people are going with O'Keefe. Yeah. Um, I can see why. I can see why. Um, I like him a lot. Lewis Todd, 7th. Oh, he'd be gutted if we come 7th this season. Yeah, it would be all. Goal um, difference as well, missing yeah. out. Hannon, top scorer. O'Keefe and Cissé, the most important player. <laughs> Do you think people thought our midfield was weak last season? Going no, up some of these. Not at all. <laughs> uh, Darren Chandler has gone 9th, but with flirting for the playoffs. He's gone top scorer. Another striker to come with a fingers crossed emoji. Um, most important player, Matty Willock. Um, That's interesting. Darren Stock, 10th place, Hannon top scorer, O'Keefe most important player, <laughs> Hannon and O'Keefe are, are the common themes here, Dave Miller 6th, Hannon top scorer, O'Keefe or Aimer for most important Aimer. player. Aimer looks very good in pre-season. Um, apart from when he fell over the ball and cost us the goal against South well, on Friday, yeah, but, but that happens. That happens. Um, Matt Tillman has gone 8th, and Jolie top scorer, which... <laughs> I, I think it depends if he plays up front or out wide. But oh, from yeah. what I've seen in, in pre-season, the boy knows where the back of the net is. Yeah, he, does. he really can finish if yeah. he can get into the positions. It'll just be interesting to see if he does get used as more of a wide player or, or through the middle. Um, Even has gone seventh with Hanlon. And then he's put the king for most important player. I'll take it at Cissé. I guess so. King Oose, I think, is what people yeah. are calling him. Um, we got... Um, Stuart Chilmaid is an interesting one. He's gone for prediction above Barry and Bolton. I'd like to think that will happen. <laughs> He's gone top scorer, someone we sign in January. Okay. Which is a, is an unusual one. And most important player is the Harpist. Fair enough. Um, Cy Chaplin has gone 10th for Hamlin top scorer and Marshall most important player. Mark Walder has gone ninth with Hanlon top scorer. And again, Marshall, most important player. Wow. Interesting. Uh, Miles Crozier has gone eighth with Mandron top scorer, along with your thinking. Um, Cissé, most important player. Um, George Sargent has gone sixth, Hanlon and Cissé. Georgie Boxall has gone ninth, Hanlon and O'Keefe. Liam Taylor, tenth, Mandron, Cissé. Uh, Gary Maisko, 7th, Hanlon, Cissé. David Creasy has gone 10th, Mandron. 
Willock. Uh, God, it's loads of these. Chris Rainbow, ninth, and Jolie O'Keefe. And then you've come up, you've done yours. Alex has gone sixth, Mandarin, and Cissé. And that's about it. So, apart from two, I think, everyone's going for the top half. Yeah. Um, the majority are going Hanlon top scorer, with a few going with Mandarin since he signed. Yeah. Um, and it seems to be that majority are going with O'Keefe and Cissé for the most important players, which I I can see. I can see. Cissé's a very good footballer. Very yes. strong. And, yeah, no one's... Can barge him off the ball. No, I wouldn't um, like to meet him in a dark alley for sure. No, that's the thing. And you look at like him and O'Keefe lining up together in mid- in midfield is means that we're not going to be easy. Teams aren't going to be able to come to Priestfield and just sit sit and go down, through and us. sit the ball down and play against well, us. Yeah. Play through the thirds, are they? We're we're going to stop and that. O'Keefe and won't do it. Um, so yeah, we're talking team wise. I will ask you that with pre-season done. Mm-hmm. Um, having seen plenty of the players in pre-season, plenty of the games. Yeah. Give me your preferred eleven. I'm going to go with bottom in goal, obviously. Uh, I'm then going to go Fuller, right back. Garmson left back. We have Aimer and Jones as centre half. I'm then going to go a midfield three of Cissé, O'Keefe and Willock. I'm then going to go a front three of Marshall, Mandarin and and Jolie. So you don't have Hannon in your preferred eleven no. at the moment. That's interesting. Not at the moment. Um, Just think that, and I'll, I'll I'll explain why is that the other two um, are short and sharp, quick players, and if we have Hannon with them both, with them both, they're they're all they're all too similar. Okay, that's interesting. Um, um, I'd probably go with the four-two-three-one that Evans has looked at a bit in pre-season. Uh, yeah, so Bonham and Gar. I think I'll go with the same back four: Garmston, Jones, Aimer, and Fuller. Not I think Ogilvy's done anything wrong in particular in pre-season, yeah. but I think that Alfie Jones looks looks like a player that Southampton fans said they wanted to see in and around their first team this oh, yeah. season. Um, very comfortable on the ball, um, pretty elegant for a defender and. Defensively, he he knows what he's doing. Um, there's not a lot between the three of them, the centre backs. I've got to be honest, it he could pick any two of the three, and I don't think people would complain. But just for me at the moment, it'd be Aimer and Jones. Yeah, with Fuller right back, the two in midfield of Cisse and O'Keefe. At the moment, the three <coughs> in behind. I would go and Jolie from the left, Marshall from the right. Charles Cook in the middle behind Hanlon at the moment. Okay. Um, obviously, I know Willock's been ill and he's missed a bit of pre season, so I'm not expecting him to start um, at Doncaster. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think Regan's looked bright in pre season, um, as he always does, to be honest. It was weird with Regan that towards the end of last season, he seemed to fall out of favour, didn't he? He just he stopped getting in the team. Yeah, he did. Whereas for a large part early on in the season, everyone thought he'd been our best player. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so if we can see that Regan Charles Cook again, then there's, there's there's plenty to be excited about. And him and Hanlon have have got that link, so hopefully yeah, we, well, can, we can get something out of that. Um, but yeah, Saturday it, it all starts again. Doncaster Rovers for the first game for the second time in three seasons away um, at the Keepmoat Stadium. Are you confident we can start the season with three points? I don't know. I think you are going to see... What you are going to see is two sides that are going to be in the top eight this year. You think even with a lot of change at Doncaster, that Darren Moore's still a very strong manager. again? Darren Moore is a very good manager. Um, and I, w- <coughs> I watched highlights of their game against Hull the other day, and they look very, very good. Yeah. The way they move the ball... Um, one two touch stuff and they've got good players there he he knows what he's doing Darren Moore he's a good coach he proved it, he proved it at West Brom yeah he was um, very harshly sacked yeah he West was Brom. yeah he proved it at West Brom that he's he knows what he's doing he likes to play good football um, I actually think it'll be, it'll be a draw do you? it'll be a draw on Saturday um, but I think we'll see we'll see two teams that are going to be in the top eight this year that, um, that are both both going to come flying out the blocks and are both going to be trying to obviously get the three points. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think I'll go with a 1-1 draw. I mean, the Omens are pretty good for us because we notoriously go well on the opening day. Yeah. Um, I think we've only lost twice in the last 10 years on the first game of the season. Uh-huh. And quite often we play away first. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we've had wins at Accrington, Southend in recent seasons away from home. Um, I'm sure there is others that I just can't think of at the moment. Um, yeah, we do tend to, to come out the blocks first couple of games of the season. Um, I'm quite confident we'll get a result. Yeah? Yeah. Um, is Marquis likely to play? Because there's a lot of talk at the moment of him leaving. So I'm not sure if he's going to be involved or not. I don't really... I don't I've... think he's been involved in there. He wasn't involved against Hull. So yeah, maybe. I don't think he was anyway, but I know there's strong rumours of him going, and I, I can imagine he ain't gonna be there. Yeah, he's being linked with Championship clubs, isn't yeah. he? Which which makes sense. Um, so if he wasn't to play, that's, that's that's a blow for him. Um, I don't really know who they've signed this summer, what they've done business wise. I don't, um, I don't know. I don't know much, but um, obviously they've lost Rowe to Bristol City. Yeah. Coppinger is obviously still there because he'll play there till he's. <laughs> 58. Um, I don't really know who else plays for him. Um, I don't know. Let's have a little look. But, like you say, they've they've got a very, very good manager there. You know, to, for them to pull in a manager that was sacked by a championship team sitting in the playoffs mm. um, is a pretty good pull for them. But I think they've only pulled it off because he played for them, didn't he? I yeah. think that's the only reason why Darren Moore has dropped into League One to to go and manage Doncaster. Um, uh, yeah, they haven't signed a lot. Um, Brad Halliday from Cambridge. Ben Sheath from Arsenal. Um, some Alves B central midfielder. Rhys James from Sunderland. Not bad oh, okay, sign. that's a good signing. Um, and a QPR keeper. So, they've had... Yeah, Liam Mandeville left. Tommy Rowe left. Andy Butler left. Danny Andrew left. Um, yeah, so. But 
they had a good squad last year and it seems like they've kept the majority of the bulk of that squad that have, that have got them there um, and I think they'll be they're, they're always a tough side to play against Doncaster they're, they're not easy um, so I think yeah I think I'll go for a draw I think yeah I'm, I'm a little bit more confident I've I've got a feeling we're going to go there and we're going to we're going to sneak it um, just by the odd goal I'll probably say <laughs> 2-1 um, and I'll if I pick scorers I'm going to go with Hanlon and Marshall um, hopefully get us off to to the best possible start um, but let's before we finish just talk about the league itself um, who are your two standouts for automatic promotion that's a tough question that is a real tough question um That is hard. That is hard. I don't... Yeah, Portsmouth, I think, will be up there. I'm not sure about Sunderland. I'm not sure on Sunderland. I've got to be honest. Um, They haven't done great business. They wasn't great last season either, was they? Obviously, they got to the playoff final, but I don't think they yeah. was am- I would have said. I would have said Fleetwood, but they've had too much trouble with Joey Barton. Um, what do you think, how do you think Ipswich are going to go? I think they're going to struggle. I can't see them going straight back up. No. I've got to be honest. No, I don't think they will. Again, they haven't done great business. Um, yeah, I really think that League One this year is wide open. It could be anyone. It could be anyone. It could be us. I think... It could be anyone. The only thing I think you can comfortably predict about the league at the moment is that 24th will be Berry and 23rd will well, be Bolton. Yeah. Um, yeah. If those two teams are even in the league to compete because yeah. for Barry especially it, that, the deadline today didn't they yeah, it doesn't, I don't know how it went it doesn't sound promising that they're even going to play against MK Dons at the weekend same with Bolton isn't it um, I've not heard as much about Bolton but the problem for Bolton well the problem for both of them they've got no players well yeah um, obviously we know Alex Alex Lacey's been on trial at Barry, mm-hmm. but they've been playing the whole of pre-season with trialists and nobody's signed yeah I think um, yeah, I think Rotherham would be up there. Yeah, Rotherham. Whenever Rotherham are in League One, they're yeah. playoff material, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I think I've, last year you looked at it and went, yeah, when it be a Charlton, it'll be it'll be Portsmouth, it'll be Sunderland, um, and generally those teams got in there. Um, but yeah, I honestly. I honestly, honestly can't pick a, run, a runaway winner this year because um, it, it is a wide open division and people can sit there and say, well, yeah, look at Sunderland. Like you say yourself, they weren't... The, the, I think they, they got in the playoffs just because every other team really struggled last year in League One. Um, and, and I think just because... Some teams probably come up against them and feared them a little bit because of the size of the club they are. Yeah, I is... think I think teams are going to look at Sunderland now and go, "No, nah, you're beatable. 
No, I think now, like for the for the first for the first season in when they come down from obviously they come straight down from the Premier League and fell straight through to League One, didn't they? And it's probably like teams like us look at it and go, bloody hell, Sunderland. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but now they've had their year. They didn't didn't make it back out. No. So now in the eyes of everyone else, it's like Sunderland. You're the, you're us now. You're a yeah. League One football team. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. that's that's what you are, and yeah. that's what we're going to see you as. Yeah. Like we've had the novelty of going to the stadium light and playing against you once now. We ain't going to be scared of doing it anymore. Towards the end of the season, they start getting turned over there, didn't they? They str- they stuttered towards the end of the season yeah. an awful lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, if they've let many players go or whether they've brought many in. I've not heard much about Sunderland to be really honest, over the, over the course of the not summer. Not really. I think they've done a fair bit of business. How do you think Peterborough will go this season? Do you think they'll be classic that yeah, on paper they've, had, they've got the best team in the league but end up struggling? They've or? had they've had a good summer. They've had paper. a real good summer. They seem to have good summers every summer. Well, yeah. Um, they took a big risk spending over a over a million on that Malaysia. Yes. A big, that's a big risk. Yeah, he's not, he's not proven at League One level um, at all. But yeah, like you say, um, they have a good they have a good summer every summer. They'll be up there because of the the, the quality of players they got. Um, but can they maintain it? That's what they always think. They always seem to and, start well, don't they? And, and, and like McAnthony does every single time, the one moment of trouble, he sacks his manager, doesn't he? He'll sack Ferguson for the 15th time. Yeah. He did it with Evans and mm. they were sitting, what they sitting sixth? Yeah, they've been the buff. So, um, yeah, going back to Sunderland, they've signed Conor McGoughlin from Millwall. They've signed yeah. Lee Burge from Coventry. They've signed Jordan Willis from Coventry. And they've signed George Dobson. See, um, I wouldn't say they're that isn't yeah they've massive got, signings. That they've also going. loaned in Mark McNaughty from Reading. Um, they've got rid of Donald Love, Luke Molyneux, um, and a couple of other second string players. But yeah, looking at that business, isn't good business at all. I think Lee Catmull left, didn't he? Yeah, and he's not got a new team yet. No, I don't think, which, which is interesting. I'm a bit surprised to see him leave there. Um, um, yeah, so I think they're they are. Yeah, I think they're going to struggle this year. As in, isn't he looking to sell the club again as well? I don't know. That's what I heard. Um, I heard. I heard what, what, to... what do you mean by struggle? Do you mean they might finish sixth, or they might just make the playoffs? Or do you think, uh, like, as in, they won't even make that? I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't get themselves to the playoffs. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, in, on the whole, I do agree with it. I think League One is very open this this year. And the club with the biggest name or the biggest budget doesn't always win because if you looked at if you lined up all 24 squads on paper last season, I don't think many people would have said Luton were going to win it, and they won it with fine colours, games to spare. Um, Look, people might think I'm, people might think I'm, I'm crazy sitting here that Sunderland are not going to make the playoffs, but how many massive football clubs have you seen struggle in League One and League Two over the past years? Well, they didn't get out of the league last season, and on paper their squad doesn't look any stronger than no. than it did last season, and the league looks a lot tighter where it could be a lot more competitive. So you don't you don't know, do you? I do think Portsmouth will definitely be up there. You've got people have got to remember a bigger Coventry. Yeah, they used to be in the Premier League. Yeah, I don't think they've made the playoffs since being in League One. No, they haven't. I think they just missed out last season. But they they seem to be 
going about their business quite nicely. They've done it quite, yeah. So, so I, I think they're a little bit dark The, the only problem for Coventry is they've got no home. Well, that's the problem. That might hold them back. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have thought they're going to get particularly big crowds going up to St Andrews. No. Um, just and it's another one of them where, yeah. for teams like us, it might be quite a nice experience. We might enjoy going to play at St Andrews. Where, yeah. And they've got no home advantage out of it, particularly early in the season. No. So early on in the season, which we do play Coventry early, we do, yeah. I think teams going to play away, away in quotation marks, commentary might get some joy. Um, True. Good so point. That, that might hold Good their point. season up a little bit. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a lot of teams that I think will be sitting there at the moment thinking we can start well. Yeah. We can we can get up in that top six, and I'd probably say there's. As many as 16, 17 teams that are probably thinking that. I mean, you might have the teams that, like your Rochdales and that, that realistically, every year they think, well, we'll just try and stay up and, and, yeah. and be done with it. Um, who come up from, from League 2? Tranmere, they'll be alright. Lincoln will be strong. Yeah. Lincoln, you know, I don't think they're going to go up, but I think they'll 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 be top-half material, I'd have thought, Lincoln. Um, can't remember who else come up. Can't remember. Couldn't even tell you. Four teams come up from League Two, and I can only name two of them: <laughs> Lincoln, Tranmere, Berry. Yeah. That's mad, isn't it? That yeah. they got promoted. How did they get promoted last season with all this going on? Well, yeah, all their all their budget that they'd spent in League One, they kept most of the players and got us promoted and ended up finding and that they can pay them all. Yeah. So now all the players have gone and they've got nothing. Yeah. They've yeah. they've they've. They've not got a team to field at the weekend, surely. Unless they go the down to the under-16s or something. Yeah. And Bolton are in the same position. Yeah. They've got like eight players, haven't they? Yeah. It's, it's it, like, it, you know, we, we support Jills and whatever, but it's it's not good to see no. this happening to to two clubs. And Bolton especially... Yeah, help them out as yeah, well. Yeah, Bolton especially are a massive football club. Yeah, they are. It does seem like the EFL aren't doing an awful lot to... No, to try and help. It's same, same as Coventry and and the whole situation of them not having a home to play at and things like that. It's, it's a shame. It's a shame. Um, and it'll probably detract from League One a little bit that there's two teams pretty much already relegated and it's a 22 team league essentially. Um, but it is what it is. From a Jill's point of view, all we can do is, is go about each game as it as it comes for us and trying to rack up as many points as we possibly can. So hopefully. Make it a season to remember. Um, Let's hope so. It's it's time now to to get the seatbelts on and strap in because the roller coaster is about to start and yeah. I, th- I think this is this is going to be a bumpy one. Yeah, um, well. And it's going to be one that it's going to live in the memory for a while. Yeah. Whether it crashes and burns or goes remarkably well, this is going to be a season that I think is going to stick long in the memory. Yeah. Um, let's hope it's a good one. Let's try and enjoy it. Um, and yeah, until the other side of Doncaster, up the jewels.